Today's podcast is going to be about the topic of brainstorming. Everyone thinks they know what brainstorming is. Everyone thinks they know how to brainstorm. But what I find in teaching many candidates that go through our case training program, I've yet to meet a candidate where when you ask them to brainstorm someone, they first know what it is. And secondly, know how to do it correctly in a way that inspires confidence in the person interviewing them. So let's talk about what brainstorming is. Firstly, brainstorming is a kind of question you can get anywhere. You can get it as a separate question in a case whereby a partner or the interviewer will tell you something like, let's, let's brainstorm some reasons why company ABC's revenue is dropping, or let's brainstorm why the cost of fuel is going up, or let's brainstorm why the cost of capital is going up, or sometimes they don't even tell you they're asking you to brainstorm. They'll just ask you something like, give me some reasons why you think this is happening. You are brainstorming whenever you are asked to give your opinion or a, or to give a number of reasons why something is happening. and It's not just an opinion, it's a number of reasons why something is happening. What is brainstorming not? I think that's a good place to start. What is it not? Well, brainstorming is not throwing out ideas. I know that's what you are trained. I mean, that's what people tell you to do. Let's brainstorm some reasons why, how we can um, inspire morale. And everyone just throws out answers. And people say, that's great, we're not brainstorming. That is not brainstorming the way consultants understand it. That is just throwing out ideas that have served no purpose and may or may not work. And uh, you remember that famous rule they tell you about brainstorming? Let's not attack the idea. Let's just all put it on a board and then we can simply collect it and work through it. Well, that's not what brainstorming is from a consulting perspective. That's throwing out some ideas because you may or may not think about it or you may or may not like it or whatever is on the top of your head. Brainstorming is different in consulting. When a candidate, when an interviewer asks you to brainstorm, when they ask you to give them some reasons why something could happen, they're, as always, testing for structure, logic, the way you think things through. They are not testing your ability to throw out unrelated random ideas that have no structure and no logic. If that is what you are doing when someone tells you to brainstorming, then you are setting yourself up for some failure in a consulting case. When someone tells you to brainstorm, this is what you should do. I'm going to do an example for you and then I'll explain to you how I did it and explain to you how you can apply it to your own cases as well. In fact, you should apply it to your life in general. It helps you think in a much more clear way. This is Jim. I'm in an interview, uh, in an interview, and the interviewer told me, "Hey, Michael, uh, before we go through the rest of the case, can you give me some reasons why you think um, consumers in this country are, en- are paying so much more out of their salaries for food?" Well, that's brainstorm. He's asking me to brainstorm. He's not using the word brainstorm. He's asking me for my opinion, a number of ideas why something could be happening. So that's brainstorming. This is what I would do. I know that he's asking me for why inflation is going up. That's what he's doing, right? Why is the basket of goods, the price of the basket of goods that they bought this month more than the cost of the basket of goods, of the same basket of goods that they bought the month before? So he's asking me for inflation. I know inflation is driven by two things. Inflation is driven by first, (coughs) either the Money supplies increase because the Federal Reserve government or the central bank, depending on the country, has printed more money. That could be one reason. Or the other reason could be that um, supply has decreased or demand has gone up. Either way, the relative value attached to a good has increased. 
two reasons. It could be one of the two reasons. So what I would tell the interview is, well, there could be two reasons why the prices are going up. Firstly, either there is um, excess money supply in the market, or relative supply has um, gone down, or relative demand has gone up. And I would say something along the lines of, well, I know that the U.S. Federal Reserve is not printing more money, so I'm going to eliminate that option. So it's either excess demand or excess supply. A typical household is spending money on food, uh, milk, meat, and so on. And I read somewhere that the uh, majority of um, uh, expenditure for meals for an American household is about 35% uh, meat. So meat is probably going to be the biggest driver for inflation here. And then there's other necessities like milk, bread, and eggs, and so on. And I know for a fact that um, most American beef is um, corn-fed or whatever it is, and mo so is most poultry. And I know that um, there's a strong demand for um, corn to be used in ethanol and so on, so the price of corn is going up, which is driving up the price of meat, which is driving up inflation. So here, it is not a supply-side issue, it's probably a demand-side issue, and that is what is driving up inflation. Now, let's just recap what I've done here. I did not throw out a thousand ideas. Well, you know, the wine, Libya, therefore the price of oil has gone up. Maybe people are being paid. I didn't do that. I didn't throw up unrelated ideas. That's the key thing. I did what I teach everyone to do. Understand the question. What are they asking you? He wants to know why inflation has gone up. I then realized inflation is driven by two things. And I described them. Then I said, okay, which one should I work with? Should I work with excess money supply? Or should I work with supply and demand? I eliminated excess money supply, and then I worked with supply and demand. Then I said, um, should I work with demand or supply? Based on what I've read, I worked with supply because it made the most sense. Let's do another example so you understand this, right? If someone tells me, hey, Michael, why don't you brainstorm or why, give me some reasons how you can, some ideas on how um, this person can lose weight well. Technically, there's only two ways a person can lose weight. They can either take in less calories or lose calories. So let's look at both sides um, separately. To lose calories, they can either exercise more or exercise the same amount but exercise more intensely. If they exercise more, then they can maybe um, reduce the amount of time they do other things and spend more time in the gym. Or if they want to spend the same amount of time in the gym, then they can simply get on to different um, uh, exercises versus what they had originally been doing. And then in terms of taking in less calories, they can either eat smaller portions of the same food or eat the same portions with less calories. So you see what I'm doing there? I'm brainstorming using a decision tree and that's what you need to do when you brainstorm. Consultants are looking for structure and a decision tree can give you structure. And when you can do this, when you can brainstorm in this structured way without writing thing down things, I'm not writing this down, I mean because I've been a consultant my entire life, I think like this normally. When someone tells me something, I automatically build a decision tree in my head and say, well, that's not what drives this problem. You're missing out a key element here. And this, and this driver is actually is 30% of the reason why this problem is occurring, so maybe we should look at this. But when an interviewer asks you a question, brainstorm, or why does something occur, why does, why does the price of milk go up, for example, or why does the price of, of eggs go up, and you build this decision tree around price in your head, and you talk him through it in a fluid way, and I say, do it in your head, don't ask him for five minutes to draw it in a piece of paper. You could, although it's more impressive when you do it in your head. It shows to the interviewer, firstly, you don't just guess things. No one wants someone who guesses. If you're guessing things, you're not a consultant. No client is willing to pay for someone to guess things.
If you just blur out the answer and you are correct, you are still not consulting material because it means you know the answer. Consultants are not hiring people who know the answer. They are hiring people who can think through the answer and arrive at it even if they didn't know it before. And thirdly, it shows that you are applying structure to your thought process. So no blurting out. No knowing the answer, which also doesn't show structured thinking. And thirdly, the ability to think in a structured way. Practice this at home. I mean, practice this when you do cases. Think in a structured way. When you brainstorm, apply decision trees to this process. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to write to me and I'll be happy to follow it up with a separate podcast.